Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. And with me as always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. It is here. BOC, the Friars reigned in 2022 in astounding fashion against DePaul. Uh, they, they, they get the victory, 70 to 53. It was dominant. It, it was everything we could have wished it to be, really. Yeah. Um, it's- what were your thoughts? It was nice to have a stress-free game on New Year's Day. Like, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm not used to. Uh, they, they won from start to finish. And, you know, everybody looks at the 70-53 score and like, oh, it's DePaul. DePaul is doing DePaul. But I think at one point Vegas had us as a point-and-a-half underdog, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was like it was, it was like the line flipped. It was like a pick them the entire time for the most part. But with David Jones returning along with Liberty Free. Uh, Freeman Liberty, who is leading the Big East in scoring, I think there were some reasons for concern. And the game being a home game for for DePaul, even though there are maybe 50 people in the stands. Um, I, I get the sentiments of why the people Vegas thought it was a pick but again, this team, like, it's not the province teams of old. They they show up that game in and game out, and this was truly a business trip for them, and they, they blew the do- doors off DePaul and didn't give them a chance from the onset. So, Really refreshing win. Um, going two and zero this past week in conference play, and you know, being three and zero in Big East, it's it's a great position to be in. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, they just come out of the gates and just absolutely put the the their foot on DePaul's neck. Um, just a dominant first half. They end up going to halftime up forty two to seventeen, and DePaul would have had 14 points had it not been for David Jones uh, bank three pointer at the buzzer to give him 17 um, PC held the scoreless for a nine minute and 27 second stretch in the first half. Just, just unreal. Uh, and I do want to say back to your point about uh, DePaul, um, you know, I, I think I Bill Belichick them a little bit, you know, Bill Belichick coach of the Pats, will always talk up the opposition regardless of who, who they're playing. They could be playing the Detroit Lions, and Bill Belichick will be like, well, you know, they can block well, uh, good special teams, well coached, well disciplined. He'll just praise the team like crazy and then go out and blow their doors off. 
Uh, and I think that's what I did with DePaul. Um, but I do think DePaul is, is better than what we saw yesterday uh, on Saturday. We're recording here on Sunday. Um, I, I do think DePaul is a better team than what we saw, but man, did they look bad in this game? Dude, and yeah, they looked bad. And I think you said David Jones had the bank three, right? Yep. Those and were, that was his only were... points in the was that his yeah. only points in the game? Yeah. 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 And I was and talking was, him up and he did not. He was come, dude. He came into the game averaging like a shade under 20 points a game or right around 20 points a game. So again, it's like it's like the freaking Manaya effect, the energizer bunny, as I call him. He just doesn't stop and he's just a such a defensive presence. Um and also, like, you know, you look at the game being like a pick 'em, and you know, it's in Chicago. Uh, Paul's nine and two heading into the game. And if you were to say, not knowing the end result, Nate Watson and AJ Reeves combined for only eight points, you would probably say, uh, man, um, Providence had a clunker and they probably lost this. But it's a testament to how well rounded this team is. It's truly like you never know who's going to contribute and be the man, I, it, be the man on that day. It, 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 exactly. It, it's being, it's one of those things where it's like every single game, someone new is stepping up. Um, Tonight, the lead, or on Saturday, the leading score was Al Durham, but I, I thought Manaya was probably the player of the game, or you could argue Jared Bynum. Both of them Bynum. were fantastic. Um, you know, Manaya gives you 12 points. He he got he hit a couple threes early, got him going. Um, and so so he finishes with 12 and 11 in an assist, two blocks, um, no steals, surprisingly, but he was locked down defense again. Cooley continuing to praise him. Cooley said that he's the best defensive player he's ever coached. So I, that is that is high praise too. It really is, especially really when is. you think about his like his old school Boston College teams. I don't know if he meant head coach or just coach in general, but that is really high praise. I, um, I think he meant coach in general because he was listening to some BC guys. So yeah, yeah unbelievable. But um, so he was but awesome. But re- really quick, like we talked about, like. We talked about the defensive presence of Manaya. How about the team in general? They held DePaul to, tw- what is it, 27 points below their average for the season. Yeah. 27 points. Crazy. So, and- so now it's like seven straight games they've allowed a team under 70. Uh, DePaul s- scores 53 points. Um, you know, w- we talked about it. We talked about the first half. They, they were just dominant. Second half, y- you would expect DePaul to play better than the first half because they really couldn't have played worse. Um, but yeah, to hold them to 53 points, like our defense is legit. And I think a lot of it has to do with communication. A lot of it has to do with having a guy like Manaya this year. Um, but, but, but even Bynum, man, I think Bynum's a very underrated defensive player. Uh, I, I think, you know, since he's short, I, I can, I, I can see this as a short person myself even though he's not short in general speaking, but in basketball terms, he's short. So, uh, you know, I think with, with short players, they, they get the, you know, everyone just assumes that they're a bad defensive player because uh, they're undersized. But um, Manaya's proven, or excuse me, Bynum's proving that, like, you can be small and, and still make an impact on defense by being a pesky on-ball defender. I mean, we saw it with Kia Clark. He's another guy, right? Um, clearly, Bynum's probably not as good defensively as Kia T.A. Clark is, but I think he's an underrated defensive player, and the offense is really starting to come together for him, and, and that's yeah. scary. Yeah, he um, like you go to go to the defense, the defensive identity of this team, fantastic, right? But then you look at the season stats of 
season stats of our entire team offensively, we have four players that are averaging double figures right now. So it's like last year, the thing that was frustrating is if you, if Duke or Watson had a bad game offensively, we, we lost, we were done. Yeah. Like it, that doesn't happen anymore. There no. are, we have any given night, you know, I'd argue maybe, I'd argue maybe six or seven players that can score in double figures. And, yeah. and it's such a weapon to have because no, no team knows how to key in and stop, stop our, stop our offense. Like if you, you clog the paint, start making Watson kick it out. We have Reeves, we have Horkler, we have hopefully Durham's coming around a bit. <laughs> even, even Manaya knocked down two. Um, yeah, Durham was you, two of three from deep. Yeah, dude. And, um, but say you're like, okay, uh, we're not going to let them beat us from deep. If you know, our perimeter game is on Watson has the ability to take you one-on-one like, Prior to this year, that was our main offense. It was just feed it into Watson and hope he can score. So we're becoming like a really difficult matchup. I mean, exemplified by the fact that we were nationally ranked and not top of the Big East. Um, so I just like, I love the way this team, I love the way this team is coming together. And most importantly, like somebody tweeted this earlier this morning. One of the, one of the things that shows me this team gets it, it in quotation marks, we're up 21. Watson, who's having a horrendous game by his standards, not really scoring, not getting boards. We're up 21. And, say it again? He had eight boards. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in general, but um, not getting any points. And we're up 21, and there's a loose ball, and he hits the ground and oh, yeah. dives on the ground. And that, to me, I was like, okay, this guy who is the preseason first team, all Big East, not having – Statistically, the season probably thought he had. He's doing everything possible to get a win for this team up 21. Those are the kind of things where, like, when we would watch Villanova of old, you're like, damn, man, I love that culture. I love how they're doing that. We're starting to do those things. And it's just, it's just great to see as a fan. Like, this team is really, really, really easy to root for. And it makes it just a really fun watch. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a fun watch. Um, yeah. I mean, it- I think all Friartown can attest, like, that game was just just 40 minutes of fun <laughs> for us. Uh, not so much for the ball. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's huge. Uh, clearly, this team has a lot of chemistry. Clearly, this team knows how to play together. Um, and I think that makes them a very, very tough out. And I think, for sure, if you had any doubt before, I think now at 3-0 in the Big East, Sure, may, maybe they go on a losing streak. Cooley's alluded to it that, you know, that's probably coming, which I don't know. I, I feel like at this point, maybe you should just be confident in the fact that maybe it doesn't come this year. But um, you would have to expect a downturn at least at some point in the season. But having said that, I, I think this is a team that's playing for seeding now, for sure. Like, no questions asked. Like, barring a, a complete disaster with guys getting hurt and stuff like that. There's no reason why this team shouldn't be playing for seeding as opposed to playing to get into the NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll test your knowledge here. Is And I should know this, but the highest seed that Cooley's ever had at Providence, six seed? Yeah, against Dayton. We got, got, got Dayton Columbus. That was cool. Yeah, oh, my God, we got phoned over on that one, on that on that location. That made no sense. Anyway, um, I, think, I think even if we kind of – 
we, we stopped being scorching hot. I think we're probably going to exceed that pretty, pretty easily. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, at, at this rate, at I mean, last if, I checked, Lenardi gave us a five seed. That was after the uh, scene hall game before the DePaul game. Um, I think as of now, there'd probably be a four seed if the season ended today. Yeah. That's um, what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Four or five seeds. Seeding's important, man. And Lenardi's bracket with us as a five seed would play 12 Iona, which would be a tough game, Rick Pitino. Uh, no, no, thank you. I do not I want to play. No. I know, no, thank you. But but then in that round, we'd play the winner of Iowa State, someone else, a team that I think we could beat. Yeah. And then also that, that'd be Sweet 16. There you go. So, like, yeah, it's it's if they can get themselves in a favorable seed, a favorable draw, this team can certainly make a deep run, I think, uh, without question. Um, and, and yeah, going, going back to Watson and Reeves, um, you know, Watson banged knees with, uh, Alexa, Alexis Yetna in the scene hall game, didn't play much of the second or did play, but was pretty ineffective and was pretty ineffective in this game. You probably have to think he's a little banged up, uh, with that knee, but, um, you know, I, I think he'll be fine, but then Reeves hurts his finger, uh, in this one. So, um, you know, hopefully that's not a big issue. It's, it's non-shooting hand, right? That he hurt? Yeah, yeah. Um, they said the finger swollen. He jammed it. We'll have to see if it's broken. Um, but having said that, Reeves is not in the game, right? And what does Cooley do? He draws up – this was towards the end of the game. He draws up the same exact play that Reeves takes for three for Durham, and Durham nails one. And it's just like, oh man, like this team's really got going on. Um, yeah. And it's funny with Durham, two of three from three, our boy, Donnie Marshall, not so much our boy, but he might be onto something because he said in the broadcast that he thinks Al Durham's shooting numbers will go up because of the way he shoots free throws. And sure enough, today, two of three, let's see if he can keep it going. But uh, if, he, if he's. If he start if he starts banging threes and we have him with Reeves and Horkler, jeez, oh, that's that create because Horkler, Horkler and Reeves have a little bit of trouble. Reeves is getting better at this. They both have a little bit of trouble taking people off the dribble. Um, Durham has no problems doing that. So if Durham right. can, if Durham can add that to his arsenal and be a uh, a weapon from deep, he 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 becomes a complete player, and that just again opens up the offense even further. And one quick note on your Reeves thing. Normally with a Reeves injury, in years past, we'd be like, oh, God, our offense is going to sputter. Like, you notice there's no real, like, real concern with the no. prior fan base. Everybody's like, okay, whatever. We'll just put in somebody else and we'll be good. It's, it's we, we're, we're doing so well and we're so deep. It's just, it's incredible. And it's a testament to Cooley and the staff are putting together a really well-rounded, deep team. Yeah, so, all right. So what do you think then – Going into Monday, uh, and then the Marquette game. What do you think will be ranked? Um, so going into Marquette, they, do you think they give us up to top fifteen? I think we all agree that they should be a top fifteen team. But do you think that will happen? Come so, on. so I think I think the upside to the Providence fans being absolute lunatics is we may actually. Get a better, better, get a better ranking that we may deserve because the pollsters are like, oh god, enough is enough. Just rank them so they shut up. I think 
I think where they should be ranked is honestly somewhere in the uh, it probably in the ten to thirteen range. Um, I do think they will be ranked either fifteen or sixteen. Um, so you think they'll end up getting lower than what the what they should be though? Yes, I still think that. I think it's just. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not like they beat two ranked teams, so it's like, how high can you really put them? But they could make a jump. I mean, Gary Parrish, I know you're going to have some thoughts on him later, uh, but Gary Parrish had them jump up seven spots after the scene Hall game. So people are starting to take notice, that's for well, sure. He's, he still has us four spots below Texas Tech. We hey. beat head-to-head. We have three more wins than Texas Tech. We have less, one more. Yeah. We have one less loss, and we're yeah. still four spots below them, even though we beat them. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, all right. So, the Paul game was awesome. Now we're thirteen and one, three and zero in the Big East. Six is, is the Paul drop in the net? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. As of as of yesterday, there were seventy the going into the game, which is yeah. Hold on, give me a second. Quad one. How, what do they need to be to be a quad one up to 75? Yep. Uh, oh, I think they dropped, dude. They dropped big to 88. Oh, my God. They're 88. Such but a isn't, joke, but, but, dude. Wait, but isn't, um, isn't it a win on the road? Isn't, or isn't there more leniency or no? I thought it's top, thir- top 30 home, top 50 neutral, top 75 Road. Okay. Oh, so, so okay, that makes so sense. It's a quad then. So, two now. That that's trash, dude. Eighteen dude. spots. <laughs> that is nonsense. <laughs> that, why can't why can't Kempom jump us eighteen spots for Christ's sake? I mean, oh my goodness, that is <laughs> that is so bad, dude. Because I'm telling you, this Nepal team did not have a good game. I think we can all agree that, and I get from an analytical standpoint, this game was not a good game for them, losing by 17, only scoring 53 points. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Like, they dropped less losing to Butler than they did losing to Providence. That is dumb. That is so dumb. Wow. I, geez, I, I didn't even know about this going into recording. That Now I'm just furious. 18 spots. I could see them dropping like eight spots and being 78 and it being yeah. a Q2, but like 18 spots. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't look favorably on uh, the Blue Demons after that. that. That's trash. If I'm a Blue Demon fan, I'm pissed. I think uh, they have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. So um, let's take a break and then we'll, we'll come back. We'll preview Marquette on Tuesday. PC wrapping up their two-game roadie uh, with a trip to Milwaukee to take on the Golden Eagles at Fisherman Forum. I believe the game's at 9? Nine? 9 Eastern, yeah. It's a late one. Nice. I kind of like that, actually. I know I you know. You do. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, we'll preview that game, and we'll wrap up with, with a few fun thoughts that we have uh, about the program. But first, a word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Prior podcast. Okay, BOC, PC's next game, Tuesday night against Marquette. Um, 
the Golden Eagles are coming off a loss to Creighton yesterday, um, or on Saturday, I should say, um, in a game in which they were they. I watched that game. They came out of the gates asleep. Uh, I think they might have had some fun on New Year's Eve because they came out the gates sleepwalking, and Creighton, you know, bounced out to a huge lead. They're up, I think. Uh, like 12 or something at the break, they extended it to 17 in Marquette. Uh, no, they're, they're only down six at the break, but then the lead stretched to 17 in Marquette um, ends up storming back and sends the game to overtime. They have a chance to win it in overtime. Uh, but then Alex O'Connell hits a three pointer with at the buzzer to send it to by, a double overtime. By the way, and, how, I was losing my mind watching that. How do you not foul up three with three seconds left? You foul yeah, him. You foul him. He makes two at best. You inbound the ball with up one with two seconds left. They foul you, and then they have to they have to make a full court shot to beat you. It's that's coaching malpractice, and I'm sure Marquette fans are smart fans. They should be obliterating smart for that decision. And we've seen that happen. We've been on the tail end, some of those poor decisions. So yeah. I, I think we're all too familiar. Yeah. I mean, in their defense, they, they defended it well, but, but I mean, you are right. I think the book would say the foul there. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you're facing a Marquette team that's eight and six. Um, you know, I think everyone expected them not to have, that great of a season that Shaka Smart is taking over. Um, they they kind of surprised early. Didn't they have a big win early? Um, they they did. They beat somebody. I forget who. Um, they beat West Virginia. They beat uh, Illinois. Who yeah, 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 yeah. But yep. they beat Illinois, uh, and they beat West Virginia. So those are two solid wins. But then since then, a loss to St. Bonaventure. Uh, who's obviously good, a loss to the, the Wisconsin Badgers that we beat. Um, they did beat Kansas State on the road, but then they lost to UCLA. I mean, Shaka certainly tested his team this year. Uh, their schedule's pretty damn solid, uh, to be honest with you. But then, you know, right now, as of now, they're on a four-game losing streak with losses against UCLA at Mark or at Xavier, a uh, home loss to UConn, and now a home loss in double overtime to Creighton. So, to me, not ideal to face a team, team on a four-game losing streak. I hate that stuff. Uh, but we, what, we said, what are your we thoughts? Said, we said the same thing, though, going into the fall. I know. And then we just blew the doors off of them. And sometimes, you know, the old Bill Parcell saying, you are what your record says you are. Yep. They're, eight and, they're eight and six, and um, they're, they're definitely a tough team. Like, Justin Lewis is – I think next year will be the face of the Big East, to be honest. Um, he's a great player. He's emerging. Uh, the Rhode Island native, the transfer from George Mason, Tyler, Tyler Kolick, he's le- leading the Big East in assists. He is Come one on that I, Yeah, yeah. He, we should have – I wish we pursued him a bit harder, but no complaints with, obviously, Durham doing well. Um, he's a great point guard. Helps facilitate. They have a lot of nice pieces, and uh, Morsell from Maryland. So – uh, they hit the transfer market hard, as did we, and it, it seems to be not working as well as um, as well as it is for us. But I think everybody thought this year was kind of a bridge year for Shaka and putting the culture in place. So I think, you know, you, you go to Marquette, it's going to be a tough one. We'll see what the spread comes out being. But 
we should come out on top. Um, I think we just have more pieces and more weapons than uh, than they do. Yeah. So I mean, let let's start with Justin Lewis. Then um, you know he had a nice freshman campaign. He averaged about eight points per game, about five rebounds per game. I mean, not out of this world, but you could see the talent was there. This year, he's bumped up everything. He's at 15.2 per game. Um, he's, he averages eight rebounds a game. Uh, a very talented player. However, this year, I believe his shooting is – no, he's, he's only shooting 25% from three, and he's taken three more three-pointers than he did last year. So, like, that's not a great sign. Um, shooting percentage is actually right at where he was last year. Um at 41.7% from the floor, but I don't love where, where uh, smart is, is playing him. Like he has, he has, uh, he has him like playing at the three. And it's just like last year he played alongside uh, the guy that's now at UNC Dawson Garcia. Yeah. And I feel like he's more of a four or five than a three. I I get that he has, like shooting skills and handling skills and stuff like that. But I don't know. I feel like they're misusing him. Although, I mean, he's still scoring 15 a game. So like, who am I to say what, but like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think, I think he's more of like a stretch four. Um, he's not necessarily a perimeter player. He has the skills, but I think he's best utilized being up against more traditional four men. Um, so He's still producing though, and he's only a sophomore, so he's going to continue to improve. He's he's probably somebody that uh, Horkler will be on. Maybe you'll see bouts of uh, bouts of Manaya. Um, but yeah, I think I think this offense starts with starts with Kolik, and um, you just need to make sure that he doesn't dictate the flow of the game. Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, and, and let's talk about more sell a bit. Uh, he's yeah. Comes from Maryland. PC was looking at him. Uh, he <laughs> kind of funny. He put his name in the draft, but also said he was going to enter the portal, but also said he could come back to Maryland. Very he strange. ends up going to Marquette, which I think was a solid choice for him, considering what Maryland's doing now these days. Yeah. Yeah. As the Patriots just scored a touchdown as we're recording. And a uh, little self Quick self-plug, BOC. Touchdown, beer down. If you're a Patriot fan, follow down on Instagram. It's me chucking a beer for every Patriot touchdown. I don't think I'll do one on air right now, but uh, I you owe the to, people one. You do owe the people one, that is for sure. Yeah, so uh, I'll get to that once we're done here. But uh, more so, you know, I think him versus Durham is going to be a fun matchup. Uh, those two guys saw each other a lot, both playing in the Big Ten. Um and I'm excited to see how that transpires. Yeah. Because yeah, you know more, he's going that, to – that's who they're going to have on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. More, yeah. Morcel was a good pickup for them. And it, he's a good – you know, he was I – I think he was a captain at Maryland and he was a defensive player of the year. So, yeah. at a minimum, he helps set the culture for Marquette and Shaka Smart for moving forward. So, sometimes it goes beyond the – goes beyond statistics and it's more about setting the culture. So um, again, we're, you know, <laughs> we're kind of doing the bell check thing again, where we're building them up, even though they're eight and six. Um, this is their, the second of two games on the road. So you hope they don't, Providence doesn't come out a little tired. I don't know why they would, but who knows. Um, 
if you can if you can go on a two game road trip and be two and zero, oh, geez, that that game Saturday against St. John's, it's that that'll be a mad. I think it'll be a madhouse regardless, but it'll be a madhouse if we're going into the St. John's game on a what a nine game winning streak. Yeah, Oof. that'll yeah. be a that'll be a good one. So I I feel good about the Marquette game, but it's a road game in the Big East. Who the heck knows? Yeah, um, you know I am a little nervous. But I, I was nervous for the DePaul game, and that turned out to be fine. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just a little concerned because Milwaukee has traditionally been a house of horrors for the Friars. Um, they have had some recent success. They lost their last year, but they won the year before that. But when they win, it tends to be either an overtime or a nail-biter. So, uh Expect the unexpected when PC and Marquette play. I think we can say that. You look back to the Jaden Garter uh, when he hits a half-court shot. in Pro- yep. That was in Providence. But he hits the half-court shot to give Marquette the win, but not so fast. Didn't get it off in time. Uh, so that was a crazy game. I, I remember the win that we got down in Marquette where, where Cartwright had a massive game. And yep. we won an OT. Um, there was the game with the bat. Uh, the bat was in the Bradley Center. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, so with, Sadi- with Sadiqi Johnson swinging yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing now at Sadiqi Johnson. That, that, that's the name for you right there. Uh, but yeah, expect the unexpected. I'm a little nervous. We'll have a preview article for it. We'll go more in depth. Uh, we'll have that out for the crier probably at some point on Monday when we release this pod. Um, but yeah, I feel good, but I'm a little nervous. So yep. we'll see. I, I think I'll lean PC prediction wise. Sounds like you will too. Yep. Um, but for me, I think it might be a tight one. But yeah, uh, no, no prediction yet. I got to study the team a bit more. But I feel feel pretty good. Feel pretty good about them. Um, I think, like I said, this is just a different team. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, let's wrap up w- with a few things that we had on our plates. Um, BOC's army, his anti-Ken Palm army that he's assembling. He wants you to join his army. Uh, you're getting more and more people. I think Ken Palm has tried to reach some peace treaty negotiations with us by bumping us, what, eight spots, I think? after. Uh, I think it was six. I think we're at 41 now. We were at 47, right? Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, But like... I, I, not so just, so no, not it's, it's not, it, but like, and then some guy got into it with me on Twitter. He's like, yeah, it's Marquette fan. I believe. Uh, yeah. It was a Marquette fan. He got into it with me on Twitter. He's like, yeah, the model doesn't come more accurate till you're, it's about 75% of the way through the season. I'm like, so, so what does this serve then? So then there's a couple things. I think you shouldn't roll it out until if it's not effective until 75% through the season, you shouldn't roll it out until then. Yeah. Um, and then he was opened... also getting on you about math. He was like, "Oh, math is hard." It's like, what, yeah, what do you know? Like, yeah, was... no chance you freaking know what his algorithm is, you idiot. Yeah, but <laughs> also, it's like, but also, like, I could have handled that a bit better. But it's like, if it's sixty-five percent, it's fifty percent, seventy-five percent. Don't roll it out at the start of the season because then it just opens you up to, in my opinion, warranted criticism. And yeah, apologies that you know I wasn't calculating the number of games we played versus the total and. It is what it is. But I think that masks the fact he kind of moved the goalposts there. It masks the fact that 
you shouldn't roll it out until a certain point then. And then also it waits the prior season. I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. The waits the prior season, it's a completely different ball game. We had two starters in the game against, you know, or two starters for the majority of the season that weren't even on our team last year. So you can't look into the stats from last season. And also, like, if we beat DePaul by two, that's just as good as a win as it is if we beat them by 17. The margin of victory shouldn't determine how you rank up. Because then why don't we just – why don't we just schedule all cupcakes and win by 40 each game before conference play? Like that, that right. you shouldn't, you shouldn't be rewarded for that. So it's one of many tools that are used. And I think regardless of if it corrects itself, whatever, as the season progresses and it end up, ends up being accurate, that's all well and good. Just roll it out at a later date and admit that, you know, you maybe need to tweak the algo a bit to reflect that, the college environment has changed. Transfers are abundant and you need to adjust that. And I think if you do those two things, then it becomes more of an accurate metric. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally fair. Uh, I agree with you. And I think we still are uh, undervalued on Kempom. So that, that you heard it here first, people. BOC is still taking applicants for his army. So if you want to enroll, enroll in his army. Uh, and it's, all right, so you, you have one other gripe. Should I get to one of my gripes, though? Yeah, get to, get to your gripe, okay. yeah. All right, so I have a few gripes. But um, first, I'll start with Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster. Uh, these two guys, they work for Stadium and Bet Rivers uh, Sports. And they have a pod with, with our guy, Fanta, um, Field of 68. Typically a great show. I really enjoy it. Um, but on Saturday night, I think they crossed the line. They had a segment of who the luckiest team in college basketball is. And Goodman said it was PC. First of all, he starts his argument by saying, um, he was like, bring up the DePaul game. And it's like, hold on. DePaul had their full uh, plethora of players in this game. I know David Jones was coming off COVID, uh, pause, but still, they had their full roster, and we played with Reeves playing eight minutes. Watson played, like, 21 minutes. So, like, we're banged up, too, all right? And, like, then he goes on and says about Wisconsin um, not having John Davis, and I get that. And it's pretty funny because on this show, going into it, we're like, oh, such a great win. Nobody's ever going to say uh, – you know, Johnny Davis, like Wisconsin didn't have Johnny Davis. And I was like, yeah, unless it becomes like an All-American or something. And now here we are. And he's playing out of his mind. It might be an All-American. So that is fair. And then they bring up UConn game with no Sunogo. Uh, They bring up the Seton Hall game, missing their two uh, big men with the COVID pause and not having practice. So here's the deal. I fully get that we've caught some breaks this season. I'm not an idiot, but I think to say that we are lucky or the luckiest team in America is, I I think it takes away from what these players have done and what Cooley has done coaching-wise. This is a a damn good team. And we've played without Bynum. We've played without Reeves for spots even before this injury. And you don't hear us complaining about it. We've just gone out and won games. So... Uh, you know, I'm sick of the bitching B- between Willard, between 
Danny Hurley, like I, I get, I get Willer's perspective from a practice thing. And that's like a coaching perspective. And I get him being mad for that, but to bitch and moan after you lose, it, it's just, an, it's just annoying. And like, then to try and take away what province has done uh, because of that and saying that it's just, just luck is just bullshit. Um, and then they went on and then Doster was like, Doster, who, by the way, is a UConn fan. I don't know if he's a UConn fan. I don't know if he went to UConn or what, but I know he's a UConn guy. And he's like, yeah, like province fans, they're a combination of New Yorkers and, and Boston sports fans mixed together. And it's just like horrible. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude. Like, come on. Are we a relentless fan uh, base? Yes. Are we passionate about our team? Yes. But I'd rather be a Friar fan than a freaking UConn fan who lives in the mental state that Jim Calhoun is still their coach. Those days are over, folks. I hate to break it to you. He is gone. So I don't want to hear it. Like, it's such bullshit, man. Yeah, Uh, I um. You're spot on with all your rants. I will say we do have a rabid fan base. Absolutely true. I will say you create your own luck kind of thing. Um, Nobody, nobody cares that we, we had Bynum out for a few games. We had, but but, uh, of course, like it it matters that Samuel in Obiagu who scores two points a game. I get he's a defensive enforcer. I get, get he's a rim protector, but Jesus man, like, but all, yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear you. And it's like, to me, to me, like keep doubting us. That's fine. Keep, yeah. I love it. Keep feeding the narrative. That's fantastic because it's only going to make us stronger and stronger. And I'm very okay with that. Um, it's, it's the thing with UConn bothers me the most is like when they're like, oh yeah, you know, Sonogo was out. It's like, you guys parade the fact that your recruiting classes are fantastic. And then you have one guy out and your freshman can't see the floor. It's like, you can't have it both ways. No. So stop complaining. And if your coach complains, like I like Willard a lot, but if he's complaining a lot, if Hurley's complaining a lot, that permeates down to the players and they're going to start making excuses. Cause I, you, you know, you, maybe we'll see this at, maybe we'll see this towards the end, towards the middle or the end of the season where we have maybe a COVID thing, knock on wood. We don't, I damn well know that Cooley's not going to say, Oh, woe is us. He's going to say, yeah. You know, epic, he's epic always been in. that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you, that's why we're such a tough team because of those kind of things. And I love that aspect. So, um, yeah, we're, we're ranting and raving here. I love it. Uh, all right. So you got one about GP. I mean, did you cover your bases on that? I, I cover, I cover my bases on that. All I got to say is he's, he's got to watch his back. Cause I, cause if he keeps doing these things, I'm summoning the artist. The artist, the artist by the way, liked one of my tweets. Oh, yeah. She's catching on. She might join the army, dude. She yeah, might join the army with you. I love it. Paint, <laughs> paint me. All right. So I got two more things. One more gripe and then one more shout out before we close out here. Um, you guys can't see because we don't post our videos, but I'm wearing the jersey shirts that our athletic department in sponsorship with primetime sports out of Andover, Massachusetts. Um, They offered these Jersey shirts with the money going to the athlete, which I am like, yes, thank God we're finally doing something like this. So I order this in November, like early November. I get an email the week of Christmas 
being like, hi there. Um, so we're going to be mailing these out. But after Christmas, sometime after Christmas or after New Year. And um, we'll get these out to you. And there's been supply chain issues due to COVID. So it's not going to be Nike anymore, but it's going to be a prime premium brand company shirt. And it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be gray. It's not going to be black, but, uh, but yeah. And for, for, for our apologies for this, we're going to offer you a $10 coupon off your next purchase. So I emailed them back and, you know, I, I tried to be polite as I could about it. I was like, you know, I just think this is a big failure. You know, I, I get COVID has caused supply chain issues in this country. I fully understand that. But for me to buy something and then for you to say it's not going to be what I wanted and your solution to this is offering a $10 off coupon on your next purchase, which, by the way, let me remind you, the ship the shirt was $10.99. I live in Massachusetts. I, I, I could have driven to Andover <laughs> and picked it up myself for free. So I just think that was very poor of them. And their response to me was like, well, we can give you a refund. And I was like, no, like, screw that. I don't want a refund because I want the money to go to the athlete. AJ Reeves is who I bought. So AJ, I hope you, uh, I don't know how much they give you of it, but hopefully they give you a good chunk of it. Uh, maybe we can get you to see a good hand specialist, get this finger fixed. <laughs> um, but so like, no, I'm not going to take a refund. But I finally get the shirt and it's a piece of crap, dude. Like this thing is terrible. Um, it's actually kind of comfortable, but it's made by Champ Pro. I've never heard of that brand. I don't think that's a premium brand in my opinion. Um, so I, I just think, you know, and I say this with, with all the love for Providence. Like I love the school. I love being an alumni. I love the basketball program, but we got to get better, man. Like, that's just unacceptable. Like, this shirt is, is not worth, fit, like, $45 plus the $10.99 shipping and handling. Not by a long shot. So I went on and I purchased the new, like, warm-up tanks that they were wearing uh, against Nepal, the black yep. ones. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that's supposed to be Nike. I, I'm giving them a second chance to prove themselves. Um, but... Man, if they if they drop the ball again on this, I'm gonna be furious. That's all I have. I, I hope they do. I hope you get I hope you get another champ pro special. No, but I mean you were saying, dude, like we gotta be better as a program. Like, come on. Now I, is the time to capitalize. If well, if there's ever a time for them to capitalize, now is the time. Like you see all the vintage gear that we're wearing, like they should be selling those jerseys. They should be selling the warm-up gear on the website, not going through some third party from you know, some, some ragtag town in Massachusetts or Rhode Island. Like they should be like, it should be on their website. We should be able to buy it in bulk. And, you know, it would have been a great time for Christmas and the holidays, but they're not doing that. It's just, they, uh, you got to stop acting like a small tier program. And this is one of the ways to do it. It's like, I tweeted at them when they, uh, like with the yellow, the yellow, uh, warmups, I'm like, Hey, you know, are you guys going to sell any vintage gear and no response? Um, and there were like, not that there are a lot of people liking it. There are seven or eight people, but that's enough people where, you know, each of those people will probably end up spending 50 bucks at a minimum 50 times, 50 times 80. What is that? Uh, 560, right? 
Yeah, um, more people feel the way than, than liking your pups too. Or, or so 400 like, nut bites. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, but hopefully they can remedy that. Um, but yeah, I think we have a fair amount of gripes, but you know, if those are our gripes at a 13 and one season, we're in a good place. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully I get this thing before the tournament starts. That'd be nice. But, yeah. uh, dude, that thing looks comfy though. Nike dry fit, like warm up yeah. with the hoodie. Ooh, Ooh, it's going to look good. Uh, I'm excited. All right. Final shout out. Um, Providence Professor Vance Morgan. Um, it's kind of a memoriam. Uh, he's not dead, but he retired from Twitter on the new year. If you know Vance Morgan, his philosophy at Providence was head of the Civ chair at one point um, of the Civ department. He's on Twitter and he's like a ride or die Friar fan, always chirping at people. Um, He's next door neighbors with with one with you and I our good buddy uh, Joe, and uh, no big time fire fanatic, and he quit Twitter because it was too toxic for him. And uh, one of my buddies had a hilarious tweet that didn't get many likes, but I was crying laughing during the Paul game. He tweeted out that Vance would have loved this game. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. So shout out to Vance Morgan. We are sorry you had to leave Twitter. We will keep fighting the good fight for you uh, while you're gone. So RIP Vance Morgan's Twitter account. <laughs> yep. RIP his Twitter account. Because <laughs> he's got nothing to say, I guess. No, uh, I'm, no I'm not a loss for words. <laughs> We've just been ranting and raving this entire time. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will do it for the ranting and raving. Uh, Follow the blog, theprovincecrier.com. We'll have some good stuff. We'll have preview stuff. We'll have post-game stuff. Continue to follow our podcast, the Province Crier Podcast. Give us a review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, a good rating, a bad rating. I don't care. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, yeah, and that wraps it up. So uh, in closing, be them dudes. Go Friars, and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, ay Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school P.C., you know we on go, ay Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ay Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, ay I'm the alpha dog, D.R.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and he see me bumpin', so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah